How's it going, guys? I'm Sam Parsons. I'm a professional distance runner and creative for Adidas. Um, looking to push the sport forward and push towards being the best version of myself and in that process, teach others and uh, foster good relationships along the way. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, and as everyone can hear, uh, I guess today, Sam Parsons, uh, we're really lucky, lucky to have Sam on and uh, really grateful that he's, that he's taken the time out to, uh, to hop on with us. So I guess, I guess we could start off kind of chronologically and talking about, you know, the origin story of Sam Parsons and, you know, uh, what, what sort of got you into running and, and, and the sort of route, the, the route that you took to, to find the sport. Yeah, I think I was like a lot of kids where like I thought I wanted to be like a footballer. Uh, just wanted to, yeah, pursue footy and like pursue it for as long as I could through like uni and everything. So um, obviously that didn't work out. Uh, like after like playing soccer for those first years of my, throughout the first like 15, 16 years of my life, uh, I decided to start transitioning into running. I was also a swimmer, pretty good swimmer. So like had a good aerobic base behind me. And then, yeah, running just clicked. And I realized that, like, this sport was such a beautiful thing. And the things you can do inside of it and the community that presides within it is just a beautiful thing. So I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process of it in high school. And then uh, ended up going to college at NC State. Uh, fulfilled, like, that big D1 fun Southern school for me. Um, just kind of dicked around with Craig and a few of like my freshman roommates for a while there. And then eventually started getting serious with running. Um, after probably wasn't until my junior year of college where I started like taking stuff seriously uh, with running. I never, I always struggled with the idea that it's like such a selfish endeavor. And I think a lot of that mentality is where like the heart of Tim and Elite comes from is like, we realize that running has to be so much more than you just running fast. It's about, uh, the journey, the process, and bringing people along with you. Uh, I always felt like professional running was a very selfish endeavor, just like holding up at altitude camp, not telling anyone or showing anyone who you are, what you're doing, and then showing up and running like 13 flat out of nowhere uh, or whatever. So yeah. uh, I like really wanted to like break down that stereotype of runner. Uh, and with like Drew and Reed founding to Man Elite together, that was kind of our mission was to push this sport forward and shed new light to it. But uh, after college, yeah, quit running, uh, went back home to Germany, uh, had no will to like continue running. And then, yeah, just through chance and like knowing Drew before and Reed before, just moved out to Boulder in pursuit of something. And here we are now on the Tracksta podcast. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did not see this coming. This is, this is amazing <laughs> for us as well. And, um, and yeah, like you say, the, the running community is a really special thing, and especially coming from, because I think uh, me and Alfie also come from, you know, the world of soccer or, or football. It's kind of, um, it, it's sort of a strange one having so many people rooting for you and, and going from, you know, the structure of soccer um, to, to athletics and to cross country and the people involved in the sport. Uh, I mean, in my experience, we're certainly kind of, a lot more caring, a lot, a lot more sort of, not as such rivalry, of course, as rivalries in the sport, but I think it, a bit of a friendly rivalry. You know, every, everyone seems to get on at, on, at, on at the top of the sport. And obviously, you were talking about Tim Manley before and the initiative that you guys have, and that's 
it's been so amazing for you know especially people like us and pretty inspirational that we that we get to see such an in-depth sort of living of how you guys live day to day and you know, your training and all that sort of stuff and it's it's really cool that we that we get to see all of that on on youtube and on, and on the social media and really see what what athletes lives are like sort of behind the uh like just behind the race which is where you, you normally only see see the athletes yeah you know there was always a disconnect uh, between what professional runners were doing and how you get there right like i wish i would have had a 10-man elite or something to look up to and be like okay like if sam parsons was like an okay college runner you know and he, you know like i came out of college running 1350 you know like in the 5k like no chance at running professionally no chance of ever thinking about running on a world stage no chance of ever winning a national title like none of that stuff you know what i mean was ever on my mind like that wasn't even in the realm of even dreams you know like it wasn't a possibility um but getting to getting to show other people and any runner you know out there that like doesn't even dream about that at least give them like a taste of that like hey look there's people that can do this and have done it and like this is how you do it if you really commit to it and bring love into situations um so i think it's so important to break down those walls and build those bridges for more people to like continue pursuing it Mm -hmm. And it it also really shows uh, in in your work ethic and and also the team's work ethic that that to to do this sport, there's certain things that you need to do. There's certain ways of life that you need to follow and also having, having, you know, the right people around you. It's difficult to have that structure where, you know, your environment is beneficial to your own running. And I think it's kind of perfect and it shows people that, you know, to, to, to really get to that next level, you've got to make sure that your surroundings are are what they need to be to to succeed. No doubt, no doubt. the the root of the root of our success at Tim Man Elite is the way that we support each other and empower each other. Uh, like the way that we, I remember, you know, like Drew, for example, when I was that thirteen fifty five k runner when I first started running with him, he just would constantly be feeding me this confidence being like, dude, you're going to break 1340, you know, this weekend at Stanford, you know, like he would be feeding me that stuff. And all it takes is one person to really believe in you like that and tell you that out loud and tell you that um, to foster something that can really turn into something. And that's what was fostered uh, within me, that confidence, that unwarranted confidence that eventually when I got to that starting line, I did believe that I could break 1340. And then all of a sudden when I could do that, then all of a sudden I started believing I could break 1330, you know, it was just that process of one after another. And we constantly are instilling that confidence in one another, whether it's read before a half marathon, like hyping him up at practice and giving that love and empowerment to one another is such a powerful thing. And fostering that culture in the team is definitely like the root uh, of our success, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's, um, and I guess to all, all all levels of the team, you know, I, I went on a visit to the University of Portland last year and, you know, everyone spoke so highly of Jeff and, you know, how much of a good dude he was, how much of a hard worker he was, but more than anything, how much of like a team orientated guy he was, as well as wanting to do well for himself. He was out there running for the team. He was taking reps for the guys when he was at college, even though he was, you know, he was a lot faster than a lot of the guys in the team and really um, really making sure that everyone felt a part of the group at University of Portland. So it's cool to see him transition into Tim as well. With And that's how he got a spot on the team right there, Rory. You hit the nail on the coffin. You know, Jeff is one of the most selfless guys 
ever. Like we joke about Jeff, how he would be the guy, you know, if there was ever like, if I ever got mugged and I got a gun pulled on me, Jeff is the first guy that's going to jump in front of that gun. No doubt. Every single time, you know, he's not even going to think twice about it. There's like this story that I love telling was like, we like all signed these like 10 man contracts, you know, like we spent so much time making these contracts when we like finally got all the team support and funding from Addy and all that, you know, we like wrote all this up. Um, and Jeff, you know, when we handed out to everyone, we like told everyone and the coaches told everyone like, Hey, take your time, like read it over, like read through everything, make sure you're good with it and like get it back to us later this week. Jeff didn't even read the paper. He flipped <laughs> to the back page, signed his name and handed it right back, you know? And it's like, it just like fired like everyone up, you know, it was like, hell yeah. Like this guy doesn't care how much money's involved, what is at stake, what he might lose. He doesn't care. It's just, he's all in, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's the type of dude Jeff is. And we get asked all the time, you know, like every single year, it's always, you know, we get forward out with questions about like, how can I join the team? How does this work? You know? And we always say, uh, you know, there's two criteria to join Tim man elite, you know, and that's like, uh, embody the spirit of a 10 man runner with his like strength and passion that he has towards the sport. And like, how does he elevate the team? How would you elevate the team? Um, like, what are you bringing to the table? Whether that's, you know, like your commitment, whether that's your speed, whether that's, um, you know, like in Jeff's case, as you said, just be this ultimate selfless guy. That's always going to have the other teammates in his heart when he's working out rather than his own. And it's about building those qualities. It's not just about like getting the fastest guys. And that's definitely something that, uh, it's so important to us. It's like, yes, Bowerman is always going to get the the best two guys out of college running every single year. You know, maybe one year we will get one, um, but they have that type of funding and support and they are the best running team in the world. You know, maybe outside of the NN running team uh, from a performance standpoint, but uh, you know, they're, yeah. And that's like the heart of it. And we definitely are definitely building, trying to build a culture that, and, in order to get on the team, it has to be a unanimous yes vote from every yeah. single person. If one guy um, is not on board, then we say no, you know, yeah. and that's like, and that's like the big thing for us. And I think that's something really special is that it is us doing controlling and talking about every action that we take. Uh, it's not controlled by a corporation or something else. You know, it's us at the heart of everything because we were all those people, all those kids one day that, wishing that we had something to look towards and watch and learn from yeah and I think yeah that's that's so important for you know people who are striving to be professional athletes in the future and and, and that's being a good person yourself and being able to reflect on something you know am I am I a good person am I an investable person someone that people are going to look up to you know you can run all the times that you want but if you're not an investable person or someone who people look up to and think man that's that's the guy I want to be not just because he's fast but because he's a good guy and or, or you know so it's so that's a yeah, really it just comes down to how you want to be remembered right you know it's like I don't want to be remembered because I broke four minutes in a mile or ran 13 10 by the end of my career or whatever you know like I hope that one day people can look back and be like yeah Sam really pushed the sport of running forward like he impacted lives along the way you know like that's why I'm out here pushing to run those times is so can I continue to get a larger platform in order to infect positive change within the sport. And that's at the heart of it. And that's how I hope like my legacy, if I ever have the opportunity to make one for myself, like that's what it'll be far before that anything else. Exactly. And it's so clear already that it's all, it's created this, 
this atmosphere around us. I mean, our platform uh, that we have, you know, so so much of Tim and ethos of your ethos goes into that, and a lot of the people who are you know, who follow our page and, and who are also, you know, following you guys. And, it, and it's so clear that, you know, people are always waiting for that, that, that next post, that next bit of information, the next thing, because, because it, it, it's the biggest, I mean, in my opinion, it, it's the, the biggest group in the U.S. in terms of that, that's what I'm looking for the most. You know, it, it's not necessarily those, those other pro groups. So it really is, is, uh, is Tim. And then obviously in, Another amazing thing about Tim is um, working with uh, with Tom Schwartz, and we were kind of wondering what you know, learning from Tom uh, Schwartz, sort of what what are the biggest the biggest kind of lessons or the biggest things that you kind of taken from from working with him. Yeah, for sure. You know, I had I've been very fortunate to have a lot of different different style coaches throughout my running career that have all fostered different things with inside of me. My high school coach was an incredible motivator. He taught me how to speak in front of people. He forced me to be a captain when I didn't want to be a captain. He forced me to, not force is a strong word and not the one I'm looking for, but he pushed me out of my comfort zone in terms of dreaming, in terms of speaking in front of people, you know, and opening my eyes up to the potential that this sport holds. My college coaches were incredibly patient with a, with a very immature kid in college who wanted to go party that wanted to go um, do other things, you know, that wasn't fully invested. They were incredibly patient in that process with me and they were mentors to me that never gave up on me uh, through that whole ride, which in college, I feel like a lot of time there's much more short leashes than what I had in college where if you mess up, uh, you get kicked off the team, you know, or you're partying or whatever, you get cast aside and not cared about, you know, or doing anything. Uh, and then Tom Schwartz taught me how to be the best version of myself through running um, yeah. in terms of how to train and how to train consistently and how to take away stress and anxiety towards training. I think that's the one thing I feel like I speak about the most about Coach Schwartz is there's no secrets in the training we're doing. There really isn't, you know, it's very fundamental things, you know, it's nothing crazy that we're doing. I feel like just about any professional runner, any college runner could show up and train with us and probably be okay. Um, but it's how we go about our business is where the magic really lies within the Tin Man training is that when other people are running that last 400 meter rep, and showing that off on Strava or whatever that they ran the set 56 coach Schwartz doesn't let us do that you know like he's making sure that we're going to be feeling just as good for a Friday workout as we do in that moment where we're wishing we had that rep to crush you know and he just took the overall stress out of training for me it wasn't like I got this workout where I'm like shit I need to hit 210 and then I need to hit 208 and then 206 you know it was like just go off effort. Just go and run what you can run this morning in, at altitude on this dirt road um, and go out and do that. You know, don't yeah. run your goal paces because you're not in that fitness yet and you're going to fail. And when you yeah. fail, then you start doubting yourself. And it's this vicious process that we've all experienced in the sport where you yeah. don't hit that workout. And then that self-doubt creeps in to your mind. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're not ready to race. And then all of a sudden you're getting out kicked, you know, it's this whole process, right. Where it's like, Oh, I don't have that speed because I went backwards on those 400s or 200s or whatever, you know, coach Schwartz removes that doubt within us so that when the time we get to the starting line, we're just running with so much confidence and uh, 
we're all just we're all still like young kids in the sport where I think all of us haven't even scratched the surface on our capabilities um, on the track. I feel like we have so much to prove uh, still with like performance and everything. You know, that's the big focus for these next two years is really showing that, you know, we're here to compete on the international stage and that we can make Olympic finals and make teams and um, run those times that are the upper echelon of our sport. Uh, and that's like something where we're very unproven in that regard. And that's something where I know Tom Schwartz is going to continue to like foster and continue to push us into that realm. Yeah, it's really cool to hear that, that he, uh, you know, what, never, you can't like call him Tom, by the way, you got to call him coach. <laughs> coach, got you, got you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And it's so cool to hear that he, um, you know, it's not like what is, it's one big workout and that's what counts. Like it's the accumulation of all the hard work over a certain amount of time that gets done and that counts towards the bigger picture because I think sometimes like you're saying people worry about crushing that last that last 400 rep or yeah. in a certain rep as hard as kind of like, well, that's great but you know it, it's everything that adds together that builds up to you know that that Olympic trial race that's gonna that's gonna taste the Olympics and that's gonna make you perform well they're like what what's that 154 in the session gonna do for you you can you can train as hard as you want and do those amazing reps that look so pretty on paper but if you can't do them in the race, it doesn't matter. And if you don't yeah. feel going, feeling good and confident mentally and physically going into that race, you'll never be able to use that 155 last 800, you know, or whatever it may be. Uh, and I feel like that's what the, our biggest emphasis is on. And, uh, yeah, for sure, that's the heart of Tin Man training. I think that's really cool. I think there you touched a bit on um, something I wanted to talk about was, like, having the confidence. And obviously you've been quite passionate in talking about the mental side of running as it's equally important as the physical side. I was just wondering if you could like touch on sort of what you do to like mentally prepare for like races or training. Obviously I've heard things that you uh, like meditate and use to meditate in like steam rooms and stuff like that. I just wanted to like sort of get your understanding of like why you do that and how it helps you sort of thing and what, what sort of processes you go through. Yeah. So I do that because I don't think you can call yourself a professional athlete or you can't call yourself all in on the sport unless you address this because at the end of the day this is going to hold you back much more than whatever's going on down below yeah uh that's going to be the difference between you winning or losing a race that's the difference between you closing the gap or not and it's so crazy how we are all so willing to do all those reps do the long runs do strength training do core for 10 minutes and all this stuff but we're not willing to visualize a race that you care so much about a hundred times before you run that race any formula one driver has gone through exactly every single motion he has to go through every turn he's lived it a hundred times kobe bryant has lived that last shot a hundred times thousand times before he takes that shot and it's great and it just was this huge realization to me that if i want to run with the one percent i have to train like the one percent i have to train in a way that other people are not or are and I have to tap into every single space in order to maximize my potential and I realized that I wasn't concentrating on the mental side nearly enough because as we all have our own battles with anxiety depression whatever it may be you know uh, that stuff that can expose its ugly head in racing so much and there are ways to combat that through meditation through mindful practice so to answer your question um it's you know it's funny 
to say this, but I'm always mindful. You know, it's kind of like the, the, the stupid thing, like the Hulk is when he said he's always angry, you know, and then he just like, just ripped his shirt and just became the Hulk all of a sudden. It's the same thing. You're always mindful. I can hear the birds right now because I want to hear the birds, you know, I can feel the grass on my feet right now because I'm aware of that. That's mindfulness is that you are present. It is not this virtue of just, just sitting there like a, like a Buddhist monk, you know what I mean? Mindfulness is a, is a virtue of presence. It's the virtue of allowing yourself to tap into your inner spaces. It's allowing yourself to be okay and embrace whatever thoughts, um, whether they're dark or light or bright, come into you you're just embracing them so ways that I practice is when I wake up in the morning and drink tea I'm I'm not drinking the tea to finish the tea within the cup I'm drinking the tea purely to drink the tea when you wash the dishes you do not wash the dishes so you can get done and the dish is clean you're washing the dish because you need to wash the dish and I know that sounds silly but if you think of it in terms of running now, when you go into a rep, think about the anxiety that you have before you start and being like, I need to hit a 59 on this 400, you know, rather than, hey, I'm just gonna be at peace with this turn and this straightaway and this turn and this straightaway again. You can change your relationship with it. Instead of saying, I have to do this, you say, hey, I'm just gonna go do it, you know? And it's a small little switch of a mindset where it's all of a sudden, I have to do this, to I get to do this. I get to foster a positive relationship with this. I don't have to do this and then go to the next thing. It's you being present within that space right there. So I'm constantly practicing in daily life those things where it's, hey, I'm just here talking with you guys now and I'm just present with those things. When I'm struggling in a track race or in a workout and I'm starting to get dropped, instead of freaking out about it, I'm just like, hey, this is how I feel right now. That's what's going on in my hamstring. I can still feel the ground. I can still feel the air that's blowing in front of me and making this much harder. I'm embracing all of those things and I'm moving forward with it. And in terms of racing, what I was saying before about Kobe Bryant and any great Formula One racing driver, you have to live it before you do it up here. You have to live it up in your mind before you do it there all the great runners, people that are at the top of this sport, do it. Lie down in your room, you know, two weeks before your race and think about exactly how you want to run that race and then run that race in the worst possible way you can do it, where you get spit out the back, you're boxed in, run it in a way when you're in lane two and running way more than you should be in that race. And you're way more tired. Think about getting past with 50 meters to go. Are you going to, how are you going to respond to that? Even when you know exactly how your body feels, if you live it all beforehand, you'll be able to execute it in a whole different way. Um, when the time comes, you'll know exactly how to respond to different things. And um, so, yeah, that was long winded, but I hope you get got, my, got the, at least the introduction of it all. That was amazing. Appreciate that. <laughs> that was that. I mean, that I, I've, I've never kind of heard someone talk about like racing and training in, in that way, because I think in, in the UK, it's rather black and white for the most part in, in terms of running. And I don't think that enough enough of, of what you just said is is taught to athletes, especially at our age. Maybe, maybe people find it lame, maybe they don't. But everyone has their head up against a wall, Rory. You know, like everyone has their head up against a wall, thinking I have to do this, I have to run this PR because that's because that's what's next. You know, 
Like, yeah. hey, this is my race to qualify, you know? Hey, this is your opportunity to qualify. I get to qualify here. You can change your relationship, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with a place you're in, whether it's with a run, whether it's with a race that you've run, a track that you've had bad workouts before and you have a relationship. You can work on those relationships the same way you can work on a relationship with a person by talking to it. Same thing. I'm, I'm quite a big believer as well in athletics that, you know, you're not, you, you're not going to work hard. You're not going to devote yourself and you're not going to do the things it takes to be good unless you love what you're doing and you're grateful to be doing that day in, day out. Because, I mean, you know, people, you, you have to go through tough times in the sport to appreciate the good times in the sport. And yes, running sir. is one of those times where you experience some of the lowest lows and the highest highs. And sometimes those are experienced by yourself. Sometimes they're not. Um, so, so, so hearing it in that way, it, is a pretty amazing way of, of looking at that and uh and you know running isn't just running it's so much more and there's so much more going on upstairs that that people need to think about a little um other thing we're, we're trying to add in this little this little sort of um bit to the podcast where we talk about uh we're trying to call it shoe corner um and we and we wanted to um we wanted to get sort of your your idea of you know obviously Adidas just dropped their new racer this week. It looks so cool. Um, but we kind of we want to know you know what what you're running in at the moment, what your favourite shoes are. If you're excited about any anything that Adidas got going that that you can talk about, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I mean I'm a shoe like like I don't want to call myself a sneakerhead, um, oh. but I definitely. Uh, I interned at Addy back in 2016. Um, I learned about the process of the shoe. I learned about, I went to shoe school, like where interns go and they learn everything about the development of a shoe, how it's made, every bit and piece of it from, you know, like the strobel to TPU to the mesh, you know, to, you know, I know everything about them. And like, that's a, definitely a passion of mine. And that's honestly what I thought I was going to go into after, uh, after uni was over. Like I thought that for sure I was going to, just go and start making shoes because I felt that making a product that is truly um, great is the best way in order to empower an athlete. That was what I thought, you know, and I still do because I remember the first times like I had a pair of shoes that I felt like, holy shit, I can go like fly, you know what I mean? I can go run so <laughs> yeah. hard now, you know, the same way, like maybe the 4% was for people or whatever. It like got them out the door and made them believe that they can go faster. Um, and that's where it's like truly exciting to see Adidas like get into that space and their whole Addy Zero range for 2021 is just bonkers. Like, I mean, the, that shoe that was released, the Addy Zero, the Addy Zero Audios Pro is just like the very bottom of the iceberg that's coming out within the next two years. Um, the, the, the tech that is coming to like their shoes, um, you know, like I would get Adidas would get this podcast deleted so quickly if I went into detail, unfortunately, on them. Um, uh -huh. they're, they're a whole new – it's going to change the game once again. I'm elated about the process of it um, and the fact that it's going to bring so many more people out into the sport and want to go run because they realize all of a sudden they can PR again um, mm -hmm. where they never thought they could. Maybe they can run through some sort of problem within their body because of these shoes, and that's a very empowering wow. thing. I know these super shoes can be very comfortable controversial um but in the same sense it's empowering people and empowerment is i think one of the most beautiful things you can do within this sport and uh the same way if anyone puts on a tin man shirt and thinks that 
they're going to crush that workout. That's a beautiful thing, you know, and that's the reason that we sell product is because of that alone. The minute that I feel like we're selling product just to sell product, it will be the end of it. hundred percent. I will stop. I only sell product in order to have that empowerment there. Um, and the minute there's the demand or people aren't asking for it from me anymore, we'll stop, you know? Um, and, uh, but to answer your question, uh, I'm training in the solar glide right now from Addy been training it for quite some time. Uh, just great overall trainer stability shoe lasts forever type of thing. Um, RC twos for workouts. Um, kind of what all the guys are rocking right now. Uh, definitely like the new Boston's are something I'm really excited about that are coming out in 2021. Um, have some really exciting stuff that I'm working on personally with Addy, um, with Tin Man that I can't say anything else but that right now, but, um, we'll be launching some pretty cool stuff in 2021 to look forward to, um, that I get to, I have the privilege to be able to work on with a great team, um, over at Addy Zero. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, as far as shoes go, um, I'm actually wearing it right now. The 1.0 cream ultra boost greatest nice. shoe ever uh for the kicks at least these are like the og ones i got them at a flea market uh shout out tossy salter she made the colorway for these and uh yeah i just like will never go anywhere without them they're always yeah yeah there's there's og ultra boost the the kind of simple like cream slash white ultra boost that you can kind of wear with any fit i used to love those shoes when i haven't haven't seen a pair of those those in a little while yeah yeah, they're a timeless, timeless shoe for me. Always looking yeah. to pick up a new pair whenever, whenever they pop up. Yeah, they look, they pretty much look good with anything. It's kind of, I, I don't know, have you ever run in a shoe like that before? Or is it just mainly just sort of like walking around kind of thing? Yeah, the, the Ultra Boost, like one, two, threes were not like great running shoes. But then uh, like the Ultra Boost 20, actually, I like love doubling in that shoe. It was just like a nice change of pace, like for my stride and everything to like challenge my foot a little bit differently um got a lot of comfort out of that like doubling and stuff so definitely the later versions of the ultra boost i think are great running shoes definitely the first ones were more geared towards just like style rather than like performance um in my opinion uh for me personally but yeah and we're moving on to the next little bit which are a few sort of curious questions that we that we um we had and i guess the first question that we had is a really big one uh and you know it might be quite a tough one to answer, but uh, the first question we have was sort of like the best decision that you feel like you've you've ever made. The best decision I've ever made. Cool. Um, the best decision. Yeah, man, that's loaded. Um, yeah, I could go. I could I I could go to so many different places with this question, but the first thing that came up in my head was definitely the most controversial decision I've ever made in my life. And that was switching over to Germany um, mm -hmm. to be able to win that first German national title for my mom, you know, with my Oma, Opa, my uncle, Volkart, like, all them, sorry, all, <laughs> just start speaking German here. All my cousins, <laughs> um, you know, like in the stands, like all the people that have never got to watch me race before and to be able to like line like a track in Germany, like, like near our hometown um, outside of Frankfurt to like, be on that track and win that first German national title and to be able to like run into the stands after that race and uh, just like hold my mom and hold my uncle Volkot, um 
after that race, like the people that I love and cherish most in this world and to know that I did that for them and I'm running for them and representing them. Uh, yeah, it's just a moment that's like transcends sport, you know, like it was so much bigger than that, you know, like with my uncle being um, a very powerful person in my life on the U.S. side passing away and then, you know, finding that support that I so missed when after he passed away when I was 16 years old uh, during a time in my life where I was like just coming into the fold of like being a man and figuring myself out and all that. Um, and just to be able to like refine my root, my German roots, you know, that I like neglected so much uh, in like those high school and college years and to be able to be running for those people that I love most in this world just means everything. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I listened I listen to a podcast that you've been on, been on in the past and hearing you talk so passionately about your family in Germany, your connection to Germany. I think it was an amazing decision for you because I know, I know that, you know, like you say, you came to that realization, you know, this is who I want to run for. These are the people I want to run for. And it's sort of, as, as much as you want to run for Germany, it's like you, you're not just running for yourself in this, in this decision. It's not just the decision for you because there, there were so many people involved that that, that decision totally. meant so much to people like nobody nobody can say that they know me until they're with me in germany and at a dinner table with me and my family because that's where i'm my happiest like that's where i feel the most at home like that's where i feel like i have the most like love in my life those are the people you know i cherish most in this world and like you just feel at home you know like i don't know how else to say it than that and um to be able to do that transition and now to like put on like a germ, like a German kit, you know? Um, and then like for them, it means the world, but it's like for, for me to run for Antwerp Frankfurt even, you know, is like the soccer club that I run for. Um, yeah. Like that's like my family's diehard, you know, Bundesliga team, like for life, you yeah. know? And for me to like yeah, put yeah. on an Antwerp kit, you know, like that means everything to them also, you know? Um, yeah. So it's just like those little things that like, you know, like people, people can, you know, like I got so much hate, like trader, you know, like voice calls, you know, like just endless amount of hate after I made that decision. And it just was like so crazy to me just because it was something like where it's like, man, you guys don't know anything about me. Yeah. If you don't like, yeah. if you don't know this, you know, like, yeah. it's like, you guys know nothing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, 100%. Like you guys have no idea, like the love in my heart for those people. Uh, <laughs> To pack but, but it's just you know it, it takes two minutes to listen to you talk about your family in Germany to to realize that the, that 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 decision was sort of a, a no-brainer and you can hear the passion when you speak about it. Apologies for the brief delay here. Um, Zoom basically cut us off the call, so we had to restart the call. Uh, yeah, so so as we were saying there, we were saying um, you know that 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 um, running for Germany was was an amazing opportunity for you to represent your family and, and, and a lot of what you sort of, what you mean to the sport and, you know, running for the, what, what was the, um, the soccer club that, that you kind of run for? Antwerp Frankfurt. Yeah. That, you see, I find that such a cool concept that we just don't have in the UK because I see it with like Barcelona FC. They've got this, like they've, they've got this kit and they've got these, these teams that they're like, that they're supporting yeah, and all that sort of stuff. The Premier League really needs to sort their act out because it would be cool to have like... <laughs> yeah, it's really cool that the trickle-down system and the way Germans like fund their athletes, you know, it's like, that, you know, that was another thing about the whole thing was like, man, like USATF, obviously they're like the most dominant track and field country, you know, from sprints to throws to, you know, the whole nine. But like, they didn't give a shit about Sam Parsons as they 
shouldn't have, you know, um, like why care about or try to help and like fund and foster like a, like I said, like a 1355k guy coming out of college, you know, like what, what hope does he have to ever run on an international team? Right. But, you know, Germany has these trickle down like money from these soccer clubs. And when I was like, just playing around with the idea of continuing running and like, when, when like I was in Germany, my parents asked me, they were like, um, like, why don't, like, why don't you run for us now? You know, like you've spent enough time in the U S like you've spent enough time, like running for, you know, American universities. Like now it's time to like represent like the other side of your family that you've neglected. Um, and to see that like the Federation president Idris, you know, like called me, asked me how he can help and support, you know, whenever I want to go to a training camp with the national team or anything, you know, and, uh, with Anthrax Frankfurt immediately them saying like, Hey, like, how can we help you? You know, meant everything. Yeah. Like talk about yeah. wanting to run for something and having to run for somebody is people that like believe and want to support you. That's like, that's the no brainer, right. To like run for those type of people that like want to foster yeah. your growth. Yeah. The, pe the people who really care for you, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to have someone, you know, clearly be invested, um, clearly me invested in you and want to see how well you do and you know also of course they want to they want to see you do well in in their kit and representing their country and that and that's the amazing thing because it's also those sort of people that would invest in you no matter who you're running for no matter what you're doing kind of thing and, and coming from the uk it's kind of interesting to see, to see the nca system with with scholarship because we because we don't have that system here which is why it was so sort of it was so attractive for me to look at because it's kind of like well you know, you can really get the support out there. You can get your degree paid for you. Like, you can do this, that, and the other in it. And it was sort of an interesting system. I mean, I ended up deciding to stay in the UK and, you know, really, you know, get my head down with athletics here. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting for us to see because we, we really don't have any structure mm -hmm. in athletics at all. I, you know, I think, I think the UK are really lacking at the moment. So it's kind of, it's kind of a shame. Um, and we yeah, had I mean, the big thing with Germany they're lacking is, like, the transitional period between like dude their their like youth programs in athletics is phenomenal like they're like they have some of the youngest like high jumpers long jumpers like hurdlers you name it these kids like i was amazed when i went to like a local club in Antreich, um like in frankfurt and like i saw firsthand like these kids who are like 10 years old doing these phenomenal things but people don't stick with it, you know, and that's like a huge dream of mine also is to like show that there is a path in athletics that you can make it work if you put your head down and like figure it out, you know, and like push to do more than just run fast. Like there is a way to like make money in this sport. Like there is a way to do it. Um, so, and like just, you know, show kids that it's also cool to do it, you know, like as yeah. silly as that sounds also, it's like these German kids need to see that there's like, like footy is not the only thing that they can pursue and like is cool, you know, it's like a good, like, like, career path also so um like getting to go to these local clubs and like speaking to those kids to like keep pursuing it and keep pressing on past just the you whatever level like that's a huge part of the journey also for me yes yeah, it's, it's clearly just sounds like such such a belief system where everyone's supported not just physically but also mentally and and you know th there's, there's a clear way of them of them to move up um sort of this is a little bit of a switcher, but I believe that Alfie had had a question about a little a little story. Yeah, so as obviously researching for this podcast, we listen to other podcasts, and one thing what prop, uh, propped up was um, 
something about how you quite badly cut yourself while climbing through a broken window. And I just wondered if you wanted to touch on that story a bit. Oh man. Um, yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, <laughs> you want to see the scar? Um, <laughs> um, oh man. Can you see that? Yeah. Yes, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like cut my arm fully open. Like I just, uh, Man, there's no good way to tell this story, and I'm not going to tell the story. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> basically, it was, like, the night when I got back from then Subway Championships, and, like, we always have, like, a post-Nationals party, and um, there I just, like, um, like, got friendly with someone else at the party, um, and it was, like, someone was not happy about that and ended up, like, trying to break into my room um, and, like, ended up breaking my window. Um trying to get into the room um and i jumped out of bed um and like stuck my body out of this window <laughs> that was like freshly broken and as i was coming back through the window it just like sliced my arm open and then as i was like walking back there was just like this moment of like sam like holy sh look at your fucking arm like like blood just like streaming down my arm and uh yeah that 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 night was over really quickly after that and got rushed to the hospital and got stitches and luckily I didn't hit any like arteries or anything there but um definitely definitely a, a college college story and glad that glad that lifestyle is behind me <laughs> was that was that the time when Craig was your roommate or was that yeah so Craig and I lived together uh he transferred to Ole Miss two and a half years into NC State and we basically were fr like freshman roommates together in the dorms our first year got written up probably at least 10 times like suspended for just stupid the most stupid sh and like emptying out fire extinguishers um in other people's rooms um just just pranking each other constantly like sneaking into places within the dorm like on the roof and stuff that like we had to like break it was so stupid we did so much stupid stuff like we were both so immature and so disrespected and like hated by like the older guys on the team because they just thought we brought this like such a bad culture to the team and honestly we probably did at the time but like Craig and I both like were such big dreamers and like those years together in the dorms our freshman year we would talk about just professional running and talk about like what we want to do for the sport and like what it's lacking and like what we want to do and like how big we want to go and how far we want to take and everything and it is like crazy to think about those stupid kids who almost got kicked out of school so many times uh like with like water ballooning and just like getting like throwing parties in like our dorm room with like you know 50 100 people where there's like 10 people that could probably fit into this room with two beds you know um just like it was just like a riot but um those are years i cherish you know like there was so much fun and building that relationship with Craig and like getting to now like be at the world championships last year together. And like, uh, like I ended up staying in a room with Craig for like a week in Doha. Um, we were like really lucky that the Americans and the Ger like Germans, we got like the same hotel. So we just were like eating like dinner and lunch together before the world championships this past year. And like, like all we could, like always we would talk about was just like, dude, you remember this? You're like, I can't believe we're fucking, <laughs> here like we're still the same we're still those same kids you know like we're still those same like goofy kids that like like to have fun together and just want to bring just positive energy into the sport um 
through our personalities and just yeah <laughs> that's why it's so cool to it's like that to a certain degree the, the stories are kind of relatable you know everyone like, everyone's been there everyone's been you know, everyone's, everyone's made done, those like, stupid everyone's made yeah. those stupid mistakes in college that they're like i cannot believe i did that like i can't believe i drank that much or did something that stupid you know like uh for sure Maybe if we exactly. win some medals, there'll be a documentary one day or something. <laughs> hey, th this is the story that Netflix needs. So, <laughs> so uh, let's get let's get the ball rolling with that. But yeah, it's like because when, when we're thinking of when we're, when we're thinking of guys that are gonna you know that we that we want to you know get doing content, like, like well, you know who who's doing a good job for the sport and who's you know bringing hyper on the sport and doing the best things for it. And we think about that year. We think about Craig because. You know, Craig has that hype around him. He's got the personality and he, you know, he's doing what he's doing. Same thing as you, but also the, the stories are relatable because like you're saying before, it's kind of like, because you, you're not going to learn from those mistakes unless you do them sort of thing. It's like, would yeah. you be the same person that you are now if you hadn't you know, done half of that kind of thing? Of course not. Man, there's like, yeah. I have just stories <laughs> for days. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there's more coming, man. I can't, I can't imagine if we get to share an Olympic village together, uh, <laughs> what that'll be like. Yeah, and you guys went traveling. Was it after Doha? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, we went to an island uh, off Croatia that uh, I found on my travels uh, after I graduated college. I, like, stayed on the island for, like, almost, like, a month. Uh, and just like worked in the hostel and I like took him back to that same hostel and we just, yeah, just stayed there. And yeah, I just had, had, had a good time. Yeah. I was going to say, it's all loads of photos of you guys on the boat and stuff. It looked, looked like a great way to spend after world champs. It looked, it looked unreal. Yeah, it was good. We're, we're already uh, planning the next trip, maybe to Thailand or something. So if you guys want to yeah. book those flights have, with us, let's get on it. Have you had the pleasure of being in the RV yet? Oh, um, I, I, I've been in this old one. I was talking to Craig last night, um, and he actually just bought a new house. And he's, like, talking yeah. about, like, renovating his, like, garage and living in there. So that's his next endeavor. But I haven't been in the new RV, but we've gone on plenty of road trips together in his old one. A little-known fact also, he bought one in college um, and that we worked on in college also. And it was, like, so, sh like, molded, like, <laughs> so bad that, like, it, like, was – like he lost so much money off that and spent so much time on it. Like, I mean, he must've lost like five or six grand sunk into that thing and like never did it. Um, and it's crazy that he still had that same belief. Um, he actually just got a new tattoo. He showed me last night. You guys can ask him to maybe show you it next time. Um, did he talk about that in the, your podcast in the middle? He talks about tattoos a bit, but um, we have also heard about his black mold van as well, which is, Sounds disgusting, but we were speaking with someone, someone DM'd us today saying they're actually planning to do a tattoo on Craig, like in the next, um, like quite soon, of the van. I'm not sure if, if that's, uh, if you've heard about that tattoo yet, but apparently he's getting a yeah, tattoo yeah, of his yeah. first van. Yeah, is, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We're looking forward it. to seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> because we saw, we saw, did he, did he draw a coffee cup on someone? Is that what? Every time, every time I'm with Craig, he's like, yo, let me, let me like, let me make a tattoo on you or something. <laughs> so maybe I'll, maybe I'll cave one of these days and let him do some, something. Maybe he, get fairy he, boys on me or something. That's the dorm we lived in our freshman year. 
I bet, I bet he could do an incredible illustration for Tim Manalee on you. I'm sure that. Yeah, maybe I'll just get a hammer and axe on me in his okay. in his little poke stick. Well, you don't want what he's got on his foot because he's got a Nike tick. So I'm guessing you don't want that. Maybe I'll, I know he's got the Nike swoosh on his ankle. Maybe I'll get the three stripes or something. That would look cool. That would look really cool. <laughs> so I guess as, um, after sort of having a few deep conversations in this podcast, there's no better way to end it with another deep question, which is probably the toughest one yet, is um, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Like, Where do you want to be in the next 10 years and look back? to now damn i didn't think you were actually gonna ask me a deep question i thought you were just building that up and gonna ask me <laughs> another college story or something uh i appreciate that um yeah man i think it's really important uh to like take it a day at a time obviously and like think small um because that's what you have to do in the sport of running but man um in the next 10 years um um <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's like so much, so so many different things that are going through my head. Um, I really hope that like we can continue building Tim Man Elite into like an international, um, to have an international presence, you know. Uh, like I want to continue to like inspire through that platform and continue to grow that platform in order to make effective change for the sport um, in all facets. Um, man, I hope I'm an Olympian. <laughs> uh, hope, uh, hope that I, you know, like found like inner peace within the sport and within myself. So I can then, you know, like go on into whatever endeavor I would like to do after that. I don't think I'll ever like fully leave the sport of running, um, whether it's in like a different realm, like at a brand or somewhere else, or if I can continue to build to man elite together through a different capacity, you know, like there's definitely, I definitely have very big dreams in terms of like, the same way Jordan brand is to basketball to Nike, you know, if I can continue to build to mentally to be able to speak to basketball players, the way Jordan can, um, for Nike to build to mentally to speak to runners is the way for Adidas or for, um, like for any running, you know, uh, type of channel like that. Um, yeah, I just want to just, just want to keep pushing myself, you know, like I never want to, like I, I have like the quote that I tell myself all the time is like, I'm sick of being mediocre. And that just, all that, all that is, is just that, like, I never want to succumb to mediocrity, like any, anyone and mediocrity in my terms, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, basically that's saying like, I never want to get complacent with like, Oh, I ran 1320 and made a world team and think that's good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I always want to be pushing to do more. Like I want to push to do a 10 man summer camp where we can fly kids in and adults, you know, from all around the world into Boulder and show them everything, you know, that like really sit down with them and spend time with them over like two or three weeks. Um, you know, like I want to have a storefront, you know, like there's all these like dreams that I have that I would love to build out with Tim Man Elite and build a woman's team, you know, like continue to do like events, do races, you know, like make our own whole channel where like we don't have to rely on these like the flow tracks of the world that are like trying to monetize the sport, but like just make it accessible the way it is in Europe. Um, so yeah, whole, whole, whole laundry list of stuff the next 10 years. But if I can just continue to like spread positivity and love throughout the sport, um, 
and like teach people the small things that I feel like are worth teaching, like the mindfulness stuff that we were able to talk about today and those small virtues that I think will help people and not just in running, but in life, like that's what's most important. So hopefully, hopefully 10 years from now we can listen back at that clip in our, in our podcast and see how many of those I checked off. Well, there's quite a list though as well. I think <laughs> you've sort of got, I don't know how to word this other than you've got shit together and everything seems to, <laughs> you just seem to have what everyone aspires to be, like the type of person everyone aspires to be. You're sort of on that track and on that path and sort of making sure you are that kind of person. And I think that's great because at the minute, the only, the only goal I have in the next 10 years, if you've just accomplished, is to become a Tesla driver. So that's all I care about. As long as I could drive a Tesla around, that's all I care about. So it's great to see that you've got all this in mind and you're so thoughtful yeah. about other things other than Sam Parsons, which is obviously huge as well. Because a lot of people, like you said, Dude, it's, all about, it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people, Alfie, you know? Like, I mean, it's um, like surrounding yourself with creatives, surrounding yourself with people that empower you. You know, it's so easy for people to, it's the easiest thing in the world to, to say, oh, that guy sucks, you know? And like, I feel like that's such a common thing in the running world is like, oh, they're like, it's so easy to say, oh, they like, they suck or like, oh, they can't run 5Ks or like, oh, they can't do this. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, what have they ever done at a championship meet? It's so easy to hate, you know, it's so, but it's so easy to like, uh, sorry, it's the hardest thing to actually like, man up and be like yeah you know what like he's actually doing good you know or like she's actually doing a great job you know like even though she's coming back from an injury right now um and it's just all like the greatest advice i ever got was just never stop surrounding yourself with people that are going to challenge and push you you know like the minute you're just surrounded by people that are just constantly like oh you're doing great you're crushing it you know is the minute the growth stops too you know and like there are so many guys on the team that are constantly like yo sam like what the what the hell is that you know or like what the f do you do there you know they're like checking me on my stuff too you know um and that's a really important thing for like self-growth also um not just from a running standpoint but just from like a growth as a person standpoint like to call you out if you're doing anything wrong and get like empowering yourself with having those type of people around you to be empowered is just so so important and i wouldn't have been able to take like I look at the person I was in college, like goofing around, like my priorities were all mixed, you know, um, there was no sense of like drive really past um, just like enjoying myself and like building good relationships around me. Um, but it wasn't until I like surrounded myself with people that just like really challenged me to be my, to be my best and I challenged them to be their best um, is where like all of this was fostered from. And, uh, yeah, the Tesla was a was a dream car for sure. That was like my, that was like my, that was like my big my big boy purchase. Where it was like finally like, hey, I worked my fucking ass off to to get this. You know, it was like yeah. my insurance, my down payment, everything. You know what I mean? And it was like this, just like that. Even though maybe it was a little stupid, I should have maybe invested the money or something, done something smarter with it. But it was like just that thing where it was like, okay, like good job. You know, like. And I'm super, I'm super proud of like the work I put in to be able to get that because it did not come overnight. Yeah. I showed up to Boulder with no money in my pocket, no support, no sponsor and worked, worked my ass off and never stopped annoying Adidas to get a contract and never stopped working hard and kept annoying my agent and built, built a brand in order to make some money on the side also. Um, 
So you just got to, you just got to, yeah, just never, never succumb to that mediocrity, whatever it is for you and however you define it. A lot of people sort of settle in life and I think it's, it's hard not to. And I think it's so important to just sort of carry on pushing yourself and sort of the easy thing to do, yourself. right? It's easy to be like, Hey, I ran fast enough. Like I'm a good runner now. Like, Hey, I'm supported. You know, it's easy, you know, yeah. it's a lot harder to not settle for it, you know? Yeah. I think Rory's Wi-Fi is cutting out. So I guess that's a good, <laughs> good time to end it. See, so he's the meeting host as well. So, which is a bit worrying. I had a abrupt ending there, but is there anything you'd like to say, call out anyone? I know the athlete special called you out on his YouTube video the other day. So is there any, <laughs> any last words you want to say before Rory cuts us both off with yeah. his Wi-Fi? Yeah, I saw, I, I, saw, I saw that video that you guys tagged me in where he said that. Uh, you, know, he's do, you know, he's doing good things for the sport, you know, like shedding the same light, you know, onto stuff. And I, like, appreciate what he's doing for the sport. So there's, yeah. no, there's no bad blood there. I know it's just playful. Um, yeah. playful banter there and if he ever wants to actually go up to mags and run it with me then i'd welcome that any day of the week well, as uh, i say you need to take him out to mags and drop him up the hills Be great yeah teach him teach him teach him teach him how to do those right uh, yeah appreciate the sport of running appreciate you guys for everything you guys do for the sport and uh let's keep pushing it yeah hey bon thanks thanks for taking this time out of your day to talk to us man yeah man no doubt appreciate you guys and uh if you guys ever need anything don't hesitate all right